everybody. Welcome back to Boss. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about fear and how to work through it. Hi, I'm Angela Calloway. And I'm Tisa Smart Washington, and this is Boss. Brilliantly owning self and success. So we're two friends on a journey to own ourselves and our success in the most authentic way possible. We found ourselves constantly on the phone, texting, motivating one another with different topics and ideas and having discussions around how to have greater agency in our own lives. And we realized we're not the only ones. So we invite you to come along on this journey with us. This is Boss, brilliantly owning self and success. Hello, beautiful bossy people. Welcome to Boss. I am Tisa Smart Washington. And I'm Angela Calloway. And this is our third episode of the Boss Podcast. Can you believe we made it? I actually can. We rock. (laughs) (laughs) Well, on our first two episodes, we talked about owning self and owning success. But this is where we get into the meat of what this podcast is all about. How do we become a boss? How do we brilliantly own self and success? And we're figuring it out daily. And we hope that you find something here that will help you figure it out and what that means for you and how you can live your own boss life. So our first boss topic is fear. What is it and how do you work through it? So, Angela, I'm going to let you take it away. <laughs> well, you know, the I think one of the things that I think about fear for sure is that fear is a friend, you know. And, and this is this is really, um, this takes me back to my seminary training. Oftentimes, we think of fear as something to be conquered and defeated and, and to be, um, you have to get over your fear. You know, we really teach that and like fear is a negative thing, but fear is your friend. You know, if you look down that dark alley, you're afraid you don't go down the dark alley. Oh, well, that's true. That's true. <laughs> you know, fear is meant, it's a protective emotion. It's an emotion that, that comes up in you to protect you. And instead of trying to box out fear, we should listen to what is fear communicating to me? What is fear saying to me? Why am I afraid to do this? But can I always trust fear? Because sometimes... I'm afraid of the things that are good for me. Yes, I'm not I'm not saying trust fear in the sense of allow it to run your life. I'm saying hear what it's highlighting. So if somebody asks me to uh bungee jump and I'm afraid of bungee jumping, fear is telling me if you jump off this bridge and this bungee cord done hold, you're gonna die, ma'am. So then I need to take, I need to ask myself, one, is this a risk I'm willing to take? Or maybe if it is a risk I'm willing to take, what guarantees do I need to make to make sure that when this cord will hold, maybe we need to do double cords. Maybe we need to make sure the latches are appropriately attached or maybe for this we just experience. Need, maybe we just need to flee. Or maybe we need to flee. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what fear will be telling me. Flee, honey, flee. Whatever, whatever fear is communicating something with, to you. And we should listen and acknowledge the things that we're afraid of and say, okay, well, this is why I'm afraid and work through it. Whether it's flee, whether it's 
don't go, whether it's do it. Maybe maybe your fear is highlighting an, an area where you need to work. If you have a fear of public speaking, you take a class to learn how to do it. But at what point in your life do you say fear is teaching me that this thing is not for me versus fear is teaching me that this is something that I should push push through and press and, and, and keep going? Well, you know, Will Smith has a movie and he says danger is real in the movie. I don't remember the name of this movie, but it was some little alien movie with Jaden Smith. And he tells his son. Oh, I haven't seen that one. Danger is real. Danger is real. Now, if it's something dangerous, don't be no fool. <laughs> I was listening to the Boss Podcast, and they said they go said and do it. Go and do it. No, honey, Angela is not saying do foolery. That's dangerous. If it's dangerous, don't do dangerous things. Things that that's a healthy fear. Listen to fear. I'm not saying ignore fear. I'm saying listen to fear and understand what fear is communicating to you. What is it telling me? Is fear telling me this is dangerous? Maybe this particular fear is telling me that this is an area of growth and opportunity for me. Maybe this fear is telling me that I need to mature emotionally in a particular area. And I, I get I get that piece of it. But like like I watch American Idol or I used to. Is it still on? I don't even know if that show is still on. I don't know. But there are a lot of people that should have listened to fear when they when it told them, <laughs> do not go on this show, ma'am. And they just, they don't have that in them. So, so again, how do you know the difference between fear is telling me that this is not an area where I am gifted, talented, I should, exp- I should be trying to explore and grow in um, versus maybe this is just where I need to do a little more work. Because I, I think about those folks. Like, do they really think they can't sing? I'm not talking about the ones that just know they can't sing. I'm not talking about them. I'm talking mm-hmm. about the ones that kind of fall in that middle ground. Like, you can hold a tune, but you're not an American Idol. Child, nobody's idolizing that tune at all. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, think that's a, I think that's a great question. I think, I think that's separate from fear, though. I think that, and this is just my opinion, I think that if you can't sing, you can't sing. And if you're crazy enough to go out there and do something that you know you can't really do, then it does. you would do that regardless. You would do that for almost any situation. Am I misunderstanding what you're saying? No, no, you're not. But, but I think about just the society that we live in now. Okay. We live in YouTube, university. Yes. Society. Let your freak flag fly. That's the we live in a so, world where we love the, the crazier you are, the better. Yes. So I may or may not know that there are 10 million how to run videos on YouTube. Don't okay. ask me how I may or may not know. So if I think that all I have to do is watch a YouTube video and now I am gifted and talented in this area, couple that with the fact that my mom is gonna tell me that I can sing yes. every day of the week then how do I know the difference between my fear being something that's telling me this is not an area for you versus this is just an area where you need to work a little bit more? But I don't know that fear is going to communicate that to you. I don't know if that's the function of fear. I don't think fear's function is to tell you areas where you're gifted and talented. I think that fear is a protective emotion. It is an emotion that comes up 
to protect you, to keep you safe. But, but yes, when there's danger, when there's danger or when there's the idea or thought of danger, that's good. So we have to understand the difference between the two. If if some strange man or some strange person knocks on my front door, that's dangerous. I don't know who you are. It's it's in the middle of the day. I'm here by myself. Why are you knocking on my door? That's real danger. Can I help you from my right. phone? As opposed to, um, I'm walking into a new situation with people that I've never met before. And I'm afraid of how I might be perceived or, you know, how I may come off in this particular situation. That's that's different. I'm, that's not dangerous. That's that's a fear of how I'm going to be received. But it feels dangerous. It feels the same, though. Because when that adrenaline starts kicking, yeah. whether some crazy person is knocking at my door or I'm about to get on stage to do this this speech, it, it feels that physical part yes. of it feels the same. So so how do I how do I work through that? Or how do you work through that? The way that I typically work through it is I told y'all now in the previous podcast, I talked to the inner me like I would talk to my kids. We had that conversation last week. I, I certainly do that. I, I literally will write down what am I afraid of? What am I really fearful of? What am I what is, why am I experiencing fear in this? What do I think is going to happen? You know, I experienced a level of anxiety when meeting new people because I have one of those personalities. You're either going to love me or you're going to hate me. And there's really no in between. <laughs> you're either, you're either going to meet me and be like, oh my God, I love her. She's great. Or you're going to meet me and be like, oh my God, she's so loud. <laughs> it's one or the other. Um, so I have a little bit of a level of anxiety um, when meeting people. Like, oh, Jesus. So sometimes when meeting people for the first time, I prepare myself for you don't know what you're going to get. And I, it took years for me to sit down and say, why do you assume people have people have the right to like or hate you, to, to love or dislike you? Mm-hmm. You don't like everybody you meet. That's true. You meet people sometimes you like them, sometimes you don't. And you can't control that. Or own that. Or own that. You can't own how people like or receive or engage. You know, that's not for you to control. What What I had to make peace with was, am I presenting my best self? Because when I was trying to control it, I would go in with this, with this personality. I would bring this idea trying to make it so it would turn out favorably. And it always tanked. It always takes. But you know what? That makes sense because going into a situation, you don't know what experience that other person brings. So what comes off to you as being likable and what this person is expecting of me can be the total opposite. Especially in business. Because you'll go into a meeting thinking, oh my God, they want somebody that's bubbly. And hi, good morning. And honey, now I go in as me. And if you love me, great. If you don't, great. But what I do know is I have been myself. I have honored myself. And if you didn't like me, well, fine. Our personalities just didn't mesh. Chances are, I didn't like you either. <laughs> but but you know what? But you know what? It's the, 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 the amazing thing about honoring yourself in any interaction is that even if that person didn't like you, it's still not a reflection of you. Like, you don't own that. You don't internalize that. 
because you honored yourself. Now, the worst thing in the world is for you to meet somebody and they don't like you and you've dishonored yourself to do it or you've you've turned into somebody to try to please them and they don't like that person anyway. Yes, or you've turned into somebody and they like the person that you turned into and now you got to keep being this food that you that you <laughs> now every time you go in this environment now you got to be you the gotta, same food. No. You got to tap dance and put your suit on. Uh-uh, honey. This who you what what you see is what you get. Do I still sometimes experience a level of anxiety when I know I'm going into new situations? Yes, I do. I do have a little bit of level of anxiety. And by and by that, I mean, if it's a bread light, oh, Jesus. Uh, every time if we're hanging out and somebody says, I'm inviting someone new, I, I will say, oh, Jesus. Why are you bringing new people? Because you know my mouth is slit. So I don't want to offend. Did you warn them that I'm coming? Those types of questions I will ask. Um, so there, there is still a little bit of level of anxiety. But in a lot of times it's because I just want to be able to be myself. Mm -hmm. And I don't want... So I developed messaging. So when I meet somebody new, I'll say, hey, now you haven't met me, but let me go ahead and tell you. I'm a little bit mouthy. I'll kind of, I'll kind of try to set the stage a little bit so that they're not taken all the way back, especially if it's a social situation where I'm really gonna be myself. Now I don't, I don't do that as much, you know, if it's business or something like that because I'm gonna operate in decorum. But if I'm with friends and right. they invite a new friend, they invite, you know, because we all have friends that we don't know, and then we go to dinner and you got somebody new there and they don't know that I communicate very directly and candidly, I'm going to say when I meet you, hey, you haven't met me yet, but I'm telling you right now, I'm very candid and I'm, I'm probably going to say something to raise your eyebrows, but it's all in love, you and know. How, how do you think people, or how have people received that? And then again, it doesn't, you know, we've learned it doesn't really matter how they receive it. I'm just curious. That's a great question. I find that um, people in general, even in business, if I announce the bumps that's coming in the row up front, they seem to get over the bumps better. So like if, if I'm giving a presentation professionally and I know it's the first time I've seen a presentation, I will up front say, okay, guys, I just got this presentation. It's hot off the press, so we might experience a few bumps, but let's jump right in. Okay. And then it helps them as we go through the presentation and it's a little bit sticky. They won't judge us critically because they they, they won't feel like, oh, this is information she, she should have known. Sometimes in business, you get fresh information. It's fresh for your eyes. And I just announced it. Hey, this is fresh information for me. It's fresh information for you. It's hot off the press. So excuse me if it translate a little translates a little bumpy today, okay? And everybody will go, oh, okay. Because we all, you know, professional, we all know that that happens sometimes. Right. So I find that in general, as a general rule of thumb, if I announce the bump in the beginning that, hey, this is a friend setting. Look, we're here to have a good time. My mouth is real slick. I don't want to offend, but I'm just giving you a little bit of a heads up. Then it, it works a little bit better. Do you think that helps the fear subside a little bit? For me, yes. Because I feel like I've given you ample warning. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I've I've given you a warning of engagement. But that's just one of the ways that I've worked through one of the lower level fears that I have in my life. You know, when I was younger, it was, that was really a, it was really prevalent. You know, today I've kind of mastered it. 
you know, and I do still have a little bit of anxiety, but not very much. But that's how I worked through it. Now, I used to have real anxiety, like, oh, God, Jesus, I'm going into a whole new social environment. Let me be quiet. And I will be silent and try to gradually let my personality come out, let the bigness. And then will people be like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> Yeah, the people that knew me would say, "Why are you being quiet?" And why I you, would try to, you know, why oh you acting God. funny, right? Yeah. And then I think as I think where I would like to get to is where I don't even have any anxiety. That's the next stage of ownership for me, and and that piece of my personality is where I don't have any anxiety. You think any? Do you think that place is achievable? Yes. Do, you, do we really get to the place where we have no fear? Because there's always a next level. So I don't, we may conquer this level, but there's always that. I agree. I, I, but I think, I think there are different areas and pockets of our lives where we have different things we need to grow through. But for this area, yes, I definitely believe that I can get to a place where there's zero anxiety. And then I think in another area, I still may have some work to do. Mm-hmm. But in this area... You know, I'm fine. I have anxiety when I cook for my daddy's family because them folks can cook. They cook for real, for real. So I, when I cook for the holidays, I'm in the kitchen like, is it good? I'm waiting on the, el- <laughs> I'm waiting on the elders to call me into the dining room and say, everything was good. And if they don't say that, I'm in the kitchen sweating bullets like, child, it takes a fine to me that the dressing turn out right. Oh, Lord, because well, the elders will let you have it. Well, that is an area that I have conquered because <laughs> I have zero anxiety in that area. Because if you know me, I cooked hamburger help with the last, the first five years of my marriage. So you happy you that you get care. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. It ain't hamburger helper. Oh, it wasn't good this time. Scrape off the black. It's Cajun. Did you say Cajun? It's black and we got black and macaroni and cheese. Right. <laughs> That is the, the, the fear, overcoming fear. When you don't care, you have no fear. Maybe that's what it is. And getting to a place where you don't care, but it's not an I don't care from a place of... You gonna eat this. Right. It's a, it's a healthy I don't care. Because you got the I don't care that's damaging. Like, I don't care. But it's... I'm not... I'm talking about the, the, the I don't care that's... I'm just not that invested. Are you saying that my cooking is damaging? Because I have that. <laughs> I don't care. No, no, I don't. I want them to be. I mean, I just want you to eat. It may not be the best thing. I'll make it. I, I try. You're going to live. Yeah. You're going to live. You're not going to die because this meal wasn't a, 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 a five-star restaurant yeah. cuisine meal. Yeah. You will live. You will live if you meet me and you didn't personally care for my personality. You're going to live. You're going to live. Everybody's going to live. You're not going to die. It's not rocket. It's like, hey, this is not life or death in this moment because you didn't care for me. Oh, okay. And the same is true. Because you didn't care for me, I'm not going to die either. Same is true. Same is true. Yeah, that's good. It's true. And I think, I think, and that leads us back to our original discussion around how can you tell which fear is a danger fear and other fear. Is it going to kill you? If you're not going to die from it, then... Yes, if it's not illegal, it's not immoral, harm you, or hit it. dangerous, Dang, then, then, then hey, I'm, I'm not, how much, 
emotional investment in this should I really have? Okay. So let me tell you my my view of fear because it's right along that, those same lines. Okay. I have learned to use fear as um, an indicator that if something is scary to me, that is my green light to this is an area that you need to operate in. This is something that you need to explore. Yes. Because most things that I'm very comfortable doing don't scare me. It's only those out of my comfort zone, out of my box things. And it may be areas that... I would say this, growing up, mm-hmm. because I was a little smarty pants growing up, I just always felt like I just got it. Mm-hmm. Anything that 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 fell outside of me just being able to pick it up really quickly, yes. I just always assumed that that thing was not for me. Okay. So I graduated high school two years early, and I tell people they when the kids were growing up, would I want the same thing for my kids? And I would always say no. Because I think that I would have probably been better served being in my correct grade, but taking more challenging classes. Yes. Because I never, anything that challenged me at that time was my cue to stop and quit. This is just not something that you're good at. And so as I've gotten older, I've flipped that around a little bit. That if, that if it challenges me, if it has some association of um that has fear associated with it that i need to explore it i need to push past it because it really could be an area where i do have the natural talent but it just i don't have the skill Mm -hmm. and really when we talk about taking things from just doing things in your living room to putting out there to the masses or taking it to the next level you have to move from that that natural talent space yes to it becoming a skill and that takes work whether you're comfortable or you're not but that's 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 really good that's really good that's really good that's really good i look at it differently though i I dissect i dissect things differently Mm -hmm. for me meaning uncomfortable and fear are two different things like, I could look at something and say, oh, God, that makes me so uncomfortable. I'm uncomfortable. Um, I, I, I am very uncomfortable in presenting a lot of my work, the things that I do. And it's not fear as much as it's, It's probably actually more judgy than mm-hmm. it is fearful. I don't like braggadocious people. So I don't want to be braggadocious. And I don't want to come off as braggadocious. So I'm uncomfortable in situations where I am where I feel like someone's asking me to say, Run me, tell me your resume. Now I know I'm like I, I can't stand and I know it sounds weird. No, I'm not I'm not saying that it sounds weird. I'm saying that we live in ATL. And, and people is, lead with that. Yes. They will meet you and say, hi, I'm such and such. And, what do I you am, do? and I am this and this. And I'm thinking, please go away. I met someone, you know, over last weekend. It's homecoming. You're meeting a lot of different people because everybody didn't go to school at the same time. But we all come back to homecoming. And the person led with their resume. And I said, before I could help myself, I'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> 
mean, mouth just jazzy. I was like, I'll never know. Like, I will. I'm not gonna go and research you and figure you out and try to understand. And I mean, Jesus, I'll never know. Like, I don't. I'll never know that the, I, I won't know. And and I I didn't even waste time going through, like. I, because of that, I actually don't like that. But it actually hinders me because how do you know how you can help me or how I can help you if you don't know what I do? Right. So it's actually more of a limitation. And it's something that I'm uncomfortable doing, but I'm not fearful of doing. And what I understand is I need to work on messaging because the real issue is how do I message it? Well, I say that I feel the same way about those interactions. For a different reason. Oh, honey, well, give me the answer. Because, <laughs> because I have grown to a certain place in my life where... Um, You're expected to do that. You must do that. Yeah, on some level. But I'm, I'm in the No New Friends crew. That's my space. <laughs> so most of my friends I have known for a very long time. Even my husband is in my new friends category. He a new friend. And we've been married for 20 years. <laughs> you still on that list, sir. But I I'm, I'm I have the same friends that I had when I was in high school. I'm just very comfortable in my old group of people. The, That's the right. new me win knew me back when people. That's right. And so I feel like now when I meet people, and I've had this situation happen. Let me let me share this to you. I, I've had this situation happen. I was at an event, and there was a young lady who was sitting next to me. And she had her back turned towards me. But we were at a table, and there was a, a, the speaker was at the head of the table, and I was at the other end. So she had her back turned to me. Mm-hmm. And every time I would ask this young lady something, she would kind of talk to me over her shoulder like she really didn't have time for me. Mm-hmm. Probably midway through the presentation, the facilitator said, we've had new people join, so let's go around the table and introduce ourselves again. So we go around the table. I introduce myself. As soon as I finished introducing myself and what I did, she turned around and said, hey, how are you? And she gave me her card. <laughs> And I pushed the card right back to her and said, no, thank you. Yes, (laughs) ma'am. You know, I love it. That's some, listen, that's some boss stuff, people. She pushed the card back across and said, no, thank you. No, thank you. Because I feel like I should not have to run down my resume for you to feel that I am somebody worth talking to. Like, we're not hanging out. You're not coming over to my house. Just simple, polite conversation. It was too much until she found out who I was. So a lot of times I don't tell people who I am. I don't tell people who my husband works for. I don't tell people a lot of those things. Like you could know us for a long time and not know. Mm -hmm. Only because people a lot of times want to attach themselves to you because of that. And I want genuine, authentic people that are interested in having relations a relationship with me as much as I am interested in having a relationship with them. I agree. And so I fear, I guess there's a, a certain amount of fear associated with that too, because I don't want to be used either. Or I want you <clears> to, <throat> to get to know me, not your idea of who I 
could be because mainly because I think all of our uh, our lots in life at the time mm-hmm. are temporary. Yes. So if the only reason that you want to attach yourself to me is because of the title that I have right now, that's so good. Then what happens? In two years or a year or next week if I don't have this title anymore. Because it does change. And people change based on the title. And it's it's hilarious. Yes. A lot of people have no shame whatsoever. None. And they will tell you, oh, I didn't know that you were somebody. Well, I was somebody when I walked through this door. I was somebody before before you. I'm going to be somebody when I get into this office and when I leave this office. I'm still the same somebody. But people do that. Yep. So that's that's, that's fear. That's fearful for me. But but when I say uh, that I use it as an indicator, Mm -hmm. there are a lot of things that. I, I always feel like I'm I'm a background type of person. I'm very comfortable just operating in the background, which a lot of people tell me is not true because I will, a lot like you, like I will walk into a room or walk into an organization and in a couple of months I'm chairing something or, yes. you know. Because you're brilliant. Oh, thank you. I'm owning myself and my success, honey. <laughs> Like that wasn't a plug. That really was a friendship <laughs> moment. That was like, girl, you brilliant. And I, I that was a that was a pure moment. But yes, that wasn't <laughs> a plug. That was sincere. But I, but I, um, I, I really, um, I, I'm just y'all. I'm just over here basking in my little compliment. I'm blushing. <laughs> I lost my train. <laughs> listen, honey. Listen, I'm a fan. I'm, I got listen. You better get you some friends that believe in you because I believe in my friends and their brilliance. I really do. I really do. Tisa's brilliant. Thank you. Go ahead. Back like, back to our fear like discussion. Company. Oh, thank you. But, um, you know, fear, sometimes I'm put in situations mm-hmm. where I don't see that thing in myself at the moment. And I have to say, if somebody has invited me or entrusted me, then it is for a reason and I need to work through my own little insecurities. That's good. You know, about about things that sometimes just don't make any sense whatsoever. Yes. You know, I'm afraid because I I wear the same jacket all the time. Yes. Nobody's thinking about that. I'm the only one dissecting that. Yeah. You know, or I say comfortable or miserable and what are they going to say? And we're not we're gonna we're not gonna think that at all. We'll think it's so cute. So so it's it's learning how to to in those moments where I am fearful, being able to say, Okay, this is irrational. So you're going to press because you're fearful, yeah. not um not retreat. Okay. One of my areas of fear that I am learning to own in a brilliant way is my differences. Um, I struggled with it greatly when I was pastoring because when you're, when you are a black preacher, people want the hoop. Mm-hmm. They want the, and God said, ha, and you, and when you go and he said, ha, and I don't preach like that. Mm-hmm. One of our girlfriends said, 
it's so good, but you know, I always just feel like I be, I went to a seminar. <laughs> and, but you know what is so funny? That is the thing that turns me off. I love teacher preachers. Yes. Yeah. And I'm definitely a teacher preacher. But I, I would, every time someone, I recently was invited to uh, preach a church anniversary. And I, and I, and I had anxiety around, fear around, oh, Lord, these folk going to want me to come in and do and, and excite them and hype them up and, and drive them and do the whole black preacher experience. And that is just so not what God has. I mean, you know, because God can give you all kinds of words, and some of them are more exciting than others. But this particular one totally was. It was totally a taught word. And I literally was at home like, okay, Angela. You're just going to have to be okay with the voice that you have for this. This this is, you're the vessel, you're the messenger, and you have to give the message that you've been given to give. And that's all you can do. But for years, I would have, like, before I would preach. And, you know, coming behind. Mm-hmm, yeah. Our lead, who is exciting and dramatic. For, ye- for, I mean, for at least two years, I would literally, because I was a co-pastor, so I had a senior pastor. When it was my Sunday to preach, and I preached once a month, I would literally cry for like 30 minutes before I could go out and preach. Mm-hmm. Because the anxiety would be like, they're going to hate it. They're gonna they, Because they've spent three weeks getting this great, big, exciting word. It took a while for me to find my own voice. And find my own, this is my voice. This is the voice that God has given me and it is good. It is good. The gift, the talent that God has given me is good. It is bright. It is It is more than enough. And I don't have to be fearful that because I'm different, that is not good. Right. That right. different doesn't mean bad. bad. Yes. But I still have <laughs> when I know a church has invited me to come out and if they ask me to come and do a workshop, I have zero fear. I'm going to kill it. But if you ask me to come and preach a Sunday morning and it's a revival or something like that, Lord, I'm up two weeks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm up like, oh, Jesus, these folks don't want me to be dramatic. And that's just typically not, and not that I'm not dramatic because I am, but, or I can't be, but it's not, Th- that I'm way. not hooping. You're not going to, I'm not a hooping preacher. That's not what you're ever going to get from me. And there is, I do have to work with that. And I hate to get up and say in the mic, all right, everybody, I know you are. And I do, I do have my messaging and my way of saying, if you're looking for a hoop word, you're not going to get it. (laughs) That's not coming. I'm not that type of preacher. Um, And sometimes the house will help and say she comes in her own way. You know, they'll kind of announce that to the to the body. But I do experience some anxiety around the different, what's different. And here's the irony. Professionally, I speak. Never have any anxiety because it's a professional setting and I flow in that and it flows and it works. But on the other side, it's completely different and I do have anxiety same skill skill set is the same but the audience the is expectation, different the expectation yes the expectation brings fear 
Now, we talked about that a little bit last week when we talked about owning self. That's because right. Because at the, at the root of that is a level of acceptance, being able to say, this is who I am, and I am okay with it. This is who I am. Whether you're okay with it or not, or your expectations of me is different, I'm okay with what I bring to the table. And it takes, like I said last week when we were talking about self, that self, that owning self journey yes. could be a lifetime. A journey. lifetime of, because it's great in one area. In my professional element, there's no fear. But when you invite me to come preach at your church, I'm at home talking about Lord. Now, what I'm gonna say to you? Because say because we have a different. There's a different level of, of vulnerability. I think a lot of times yes. associated with it as well, or investment. You know, when you're at work, you turn it on, you put your work self on, and you are presenting your company. Yes. Which is different than when you are representing and presenting yourself. Yes. That this a different it's different. Yeah. But I but I, I find that my answer is the same. I have to talk to myself. I have to Angela, it's okay. You're it's good, you're good, it's gonna be all right. And I really do speak to that. To, I do, I'm the fr- I'm the friend to myself. What would you say to your friend? And I, you're good. It's good. This is the way God uses you, and make peace with it. I feel like I I get better. Mm-hmm. You know, as time passes, you get better and better. You get less fearful, but sometimes you still have those those moments. Yeah, I don't think it ever totally goes away. You may be able to work through it faster. Yes. You know, so those times when, when I speak publicly a lot mm-hmm. and it still gives me some anxiety, but something that, um, where I would have to do a speech and it would take me the entire speech to, to get through that level of fear. Now, once I say hello, I'm good. You know, <laughs> when I'm sitting there waiting for my turn, my heart is beating out of my chest. But once I say hello, then, then I'm good. So it, it. It, it I don't know if it ever goes away. It does it, it just keeps I think it changes. Like I'm nervous until I until I walk in the room. Like mm-hmm. if I'm in the car, yeah. I might be like, Oh Lord, I gotta go ahead and speak. Yeah. Let me get ready. But once I'm in the room, it comes together. For me, I've learned to fear factor my life. And I tell my friends, I, I told you this right before we started the podcast today. That if something is really scary to me, I just fear factor it. If I don't like it, if 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 it's gonna taste terrible, if it's going to you did say you gonna fear factor. I'm just gonna, gonna fear factor down, you know, just like they did on Fear Factor when they got scared about a uh, 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 an exercise or what is it uh, a, a stunt? Yeah, yeah. yeah, a lot of times you would have those folks that would just jump in with two feet. That's me. That's how I did childbirth when I had my daughter. They told me, ma'am, you are too far along and you cannot have this epidural. And I said, uh, excuse me? <laughs> what? No, no. I need somebody to go get it right now. And they said, oh, no, it's too too late. And I said, well, I'm going to have to fear factor her out. Two pushes and it was over. But when I'm extremely nervous about something, I just tackled it like I'm on, on that show. It's uh it's it's a little crazy for me. 
No. They would have had to get an epidural. <laughs> <laughs> we gonna need an epidural on in room six, bed six B. We gonna need an epidural. Well, I'll just say this. I got to the hospital at four four at four thirty and she was born at four forty two. So twelve oh, minutes. You weren't playing. No. <laughs> Clearly, fear factor works. <laughs> fear was not a factor for me on that day. Oh, no, ma'am. We're not going to do this all day. Yeah. You come 12 minutes, ma'am. Hilarious. But one of the things that I've, I've I've come to realize as I've gotten older is how fear shows up for me. Oh, that all oh, shows up differently. Talk. You know, so for me, sometimes it can look like procrastination. A mm. um, couple of years ago, I dealt with it real heavy. Like, I couldn't sleep at night, and I was just... You know, always thinking about what's going on at work, what's going on with my kids, was trying to make sure that my son got to college. And I mean, it just, it was just weighing so heavy on me and it just showed up in my life in different ways. And mm-hmm. I had to say, okay, what is this? That's Where good. is this? Where is this rooted? And when I, when I followed the, the branches all the way back to the tree, it always ended up being some level of fear that I had. And I had to learn how to work through it all. Oh, Jesus, that's good. Yeah. Because I think a lot of things is disguised as some, it's fear disguised as something else. It's disguised as insecurity. Or it's disguised, again, as procrastination. Or it's disguised as, I I don't care. But you really do. Oh, that's so good. And we have to say, how is fear showing up in my life? And what am I doing to overcome it? All right, now that's the homework, guys. She said that. How is fear showing up in your life and how do I overcome it? And I love the metaphor of you have to follow the trees, the limbs, all the way back to the tree. Yep. And down to the root. Yes. 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 What is this fear rooted in? So that you can work through how it's showing up in your life. Absolutely. That's Fantastic way to close. Guys, thank you so much for joining us on Boss Podcast today. I'm Angela Calloway. And I am Tisa, the Smart Washington. And this is Boss. Bye.